live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. I did not expect the Bengals to lay down like that and get beat down like that. Like, the Battle of Ohio was frankly a lot more of an ass-beating than it was an actual battle. Because holy crap, did the Bengals get their asses beat last night. The dog pound turned into a Bengals house of horrors. And again, not because it was Halloween. It's just because of how horrendous and how horrific Cincinnati was in that game. The Bengals' offense had just come off two straight weeks of being scary good. And yet they somehow turned that into four horrendous quarters of primetime football last night. I mean, yeah, it's a given. Obviously, they were missing Jamar Chase. Didn't take a genius to know that that was going to have an impact on this game. Maybe even a pretty large impact on this game. And it didn't take a genius to see that it did have a large impact on this game. I just didn't expect it to have that large of an impact. They have other weapons. Maybe not one like him, but other weapons. Which is why it's just awesome that that chase injury broke about 10 minutes after we tracked Jim Rome's big head bets last week. Like I'm constantly telling you, man, the betting game is hard, dog. The betting game is hard. Although they had himself still out a week, a winning week. If I'm not mistaken, I think he had a 5-2 and two week. But that was brutal last night. You see, the thing about Chase, the thing about Jamar Chase, maybe you can't next man up Jamar Chase. However, Jamar Chase does not block on the offensive line. And apparently, neither does anybody else currently suiting up for Cincy. Because Burrow got absolutely rocked by that Cleveland pass rush to the point where he even looked a little bit spooked. Little bit spooked. You know, I kind of got into it on our podcast, Jim Rome's Big Head Bets. And the point that I made to James Kelly was, the incredible thing about Joe Burrow is, this dude just keeps getting up. No matter how many times he gets hit, this dude just keeps getting up. Yet not as much last night. He got up. But man, he was, quote, this is the new line you always hear, Quote, not on time. Couldn't stay on time he, because he had no time. Have you ever seen that guy get it out faster than he did last night? Because he had no time the entire game. Ugly, scary, and not just because it was Halloween, but because the dude was getting hunted all night long. That's why he looked spooked to me. Jamar Chase also. Yeah, I know. They were without him. Option number one. But he can't block on the offensive line, and he can't play defense either. And by the way, that Bengals defense was pretty damn good coming in. They were pretty damn good coming in and pretty much damn no-showed last night. My point is this. Losing Jamar Chase is not good, but there was that blow not good. See, I can't stop myself. Even I can't get rid of the JT. What I'm saying to you is, There was a lot more wrong with the Bengals last night other than them just being down their number one receiver. Like, basically everything else, it was all wrong, and it was pretty alarming. Remember, they got off to a slow start, but it seemed like they had turned it around, hit their stride, and they were once again the Bengals. Then Chase goes down, and then that. So who the hell are they really? Which team are they? It would be great if Zach Taylor could jump in here and help me figure this out because I'm not sure who or what they are. I need the coach to clear up how that thing got that out of hand that fast and why there was no adjustment or reaction. Really easy, to be quite honest with you. Uh, It was was 8 to nothing there late in the second quarter. Uh, We miss a field goal. They go down, kick a field goal to one and a half. So there's three points, 11 nothing. They get the ball first. They score seven. So there's 10 to nothing. We go three and out, and they score again. 17 points. Offense has three plays, three bad plays, three and out. And they go 17 points, and really that's that's where the game's 25 nothing before you even know it. And so just not good enough in, in any of the phases there. In other words, you do the math, and I'll do the Alfredo, Coach. Yeah, I know. Like, I watched the game. His point was, actually, it's really easy. Question was, how did that get away from you so quickly? Oh, that's really easy. Really easy. That's really easy. Really easy. 
Yeah, now the question was, actually, what they meant by the question was, how the hell did that happen? What happened? How did that happen? Yeah, I mean, I know that it's really easy to have it get away from you really quickly, but why did that happen? How did that happen? I mean, that's the job, right? What I'm saying is it's not supposed to be really easy to curb stomp your football team, a team that went to the Super Bowl last year that's loaded. So, again, to the question, who are the Bengals? Like, who are they? Like, what are we doing here? I can't stop doing it. I can't believe it. For 25 years, I never, ever once suffered from jungle Tourette's, and now I can't stop. Like, what are we doing here? Like, who are they? Like, what are we doing here? Taylor said after the game, like, he knew that was coming. Like, which team are you? What are we doing here? Who are you? He said, quote, I'm confident that's not who we are. End of quote. Hope so, Z. I hope that's not who you are. Because that's sure as hell who you were last night. And on the whole, who you are and what you are is a 4-4 and football team that has already taken L's to the likes of Mitch Trubisky, Cooper Rush, and now Jacoby Brissett. Truth is, I've got no idea who or what they are at this point because I was starting to buy in again. I'm pretty sure the Bengals have no idea who or what they are at this point. The only thing I know for sure is that they need Jamar Chase. And that's pretty rough because that's not a one-week injury. He's expected to miss four to six. He's dealing with a hairline hip fracture and a torn labrum. In other words, they're all dealing with, "Uh uh-oh. Yeah, I know, C-Town. Hey, Rome, what about us? What about us? It's not all about what the Bengals didn't do. It's about what we did to them. I'll give you that. Thanks for finally showing up, C-Town. Like, on the flip side, the Browns. Cleveland! Yeah, I mean, this is for you, but this is the Browns team that everybody has been waiting on all season long, even without Deshaun Watson. We've all been waiting for them to do what they did last night. Be much better defensively, run the hell out of it, get after the quarterback. And that's what they did. Now, I'm not going to be one of those guys, and a lot of people were saying this this morning. I'm not saying this. I'm not going to say that that win saved their season. I don't know that. I don't even know if I believe that. But I know this. A loss there probably would have ended their season. So I'll give you that. Drop to 2-6. and Teams that go 2-6 and or start 2-6 and generally do not make the playoffs. So I'm not going to say they save their season because they have to stack wins like that, continue to play like that, but they may have ended their season if they lost last night. I guess what I'm saying is this. I'll do some more math. Three and five feels a hell of a lot better than two and six, even if you should be six and two or seven and one. Incredibly, you want an incredible stat. They're now five and zero against Joe Burrow, the Browns have won five straight over Cincinnati. And again, last night, they didn't just win. They bullied the Bengals. They beat them down. So even without Jamar Chase, the Bengals were one of the last teams that I would circle on the calendar as a get-right game. But that was clearly the Browns' best effort of the season when they had to have it. You know, the, kind, the type of effort that could actually jumpstart them and their season. Even eight weeks, in, eight weeks in, I should say. Because they rolled into that game on a four-game losing streak, the only teams that they had beaten this year were the Panthers and Steelers. They were frustrated. They were struggling. struggling. They were circling. They were flatlining. I mean, they're about to go belly up. And then, right when they needed it most... Their Ohio rivals showed up and took an enormous dump in their pants. You have a big dump in your pants. bailed them out. And that's not to take away from some big-time Browns performances. Nick Chubb got nice. And why wouldn't he? He's the best back in the league. I've said it a million times. I said it on our podcast. Don't you feed that guy 35 times every single game? He can handle it. Nobody can stop him. Mari Cooper got nice. Except for that pick, but that didn't matter. 
Miles Garrett got nice, always. Hell, even Jacoby Brissett got nice. Jacoby Brissett got so nice over everybody else getting so nice that he was feeling himself so much that he even pulled this stunt in garbage time. Turbo, side, side. Almost got you, 55. 180. Side, side. Come blitz. Come blitz. Turbo, side. <laughs> wow, dude. Really? My man. Really feeling himself. Have you ever experienced the flavor of actual live fire cooking? We're not talking about a fire pit in the backyard. This is about the big green egg, the ultimate cooking experience. I know you know about it because the second I got mine and I started talking about it, people were rushing up on me like they knew. They wanted to talk about it. It's because the egg is the most versatile grill you're ever going to own. I'm telling you, you can grill, roast, smoke, sear, and even bake. Yes, try a pizza on the egg. It will amaze you. It works. It's incredible. So stop wasting money on grills that you have to replace every few years. We've all been there. We've done that. It gets old. Forget the pellets and the knockoffs, too. Listen to me. Roll. With an authentic big green egg. It is a ceramic marvel. It's backed by a lifetime warranty. That's right. A lifetime warranty. It is simple to light. It is easy to use. It works without a power source. You don't have to plug anything in. So with the playoffs and the holidays approaching, you cannot beat a smoked turkey on an egg. How cool is that? And it makes a great gift. And they've got two models that are perfect for tailgating. The best part is you can have it delivered right to your house for free from a local dealer in your community. That's right. Shop online at BigGreenEgg.com. Have it delivered to your house for free. That's how I did it. It was an awesome experience. That's BigGreenEgg.com. And yes, you will thank me later. Man, you know things are good and nice or bad or horrible for the other side when Jacoby Brissett it's just casually taunting you and clowning you at the line of scrimmage. Almost got you, 55. You know, that wasn't the old gunslinger back in the day before he turned into a really bad guy. It's not even Josh Allen today. That's Jacoby Brissett. Like, yo, almost got you, 55. Like, he's having a good Come old blitz. time just Come talking blitz. junk, taunting the opposition. Come blitz. Come blitz. Come blitz. Come blitz. Come and get some. Come and get some. That's how much the Browns were feeling themselves. And frankly, that's how bad the Bengals were last night. That Jacoby Brissett was mocking them at the line of scrimmage. Almost got you, 55. Only buzzkill really after that game was when Kareem Hunt was facing questions about the swirling rumors ahead of today's 4 p.m. Eastern trade deadline, which we will track. There was a big deal, by the way. Ravens pull off a big deal. Anyway, Kareem Hunt is somebody who's been on that trade block Allegedly, reportedly, he wants out. He doesn't want out. He wants a new contract. Either way, you knew those questions would come up after the game, and he was prepared for them. Prepared all right. He threw on a Joker mask. There's been a lot of rumors about trade talks. Would you be open to a trade? I mean, I'm down for whatever, man. I'm a football player, and it's a business. I'm ready, you know, to do whatever they decide with me, and... That's either if we can go somewhere else or here, anything, it don't matter. I love the game of football. Do you like the position you're in here? I mean, I love, uh, you know, my teammates, you know, Chubb and everybody else, the Ernest, and just the people around me. All right, so you can't really see it. If you've seen the video, it enhances it. And by enhancing it, I, may, I mean it makes it creepier. If you're a Browns fan, is that good news or bad news? I don't really know. I don't think it's up to him. I don't think he's saying, get me out of here. I think what he's saying is, I'm prepared to be moved. We'll see what they do. I'm a football player. I'll get down either way. So we'll see. I, my personal opinion is, I don't have their issues with the cap. I don't have to look ahead. I don't have to build. I know this. You can't tell me right now, right now, right now, as they try to salvage their season and turn it around, you can't tell me that they're better without that guy than they are with him. That's a difference maker in the best backfield in the NFL. However, they may have different plans. We'll see. Trade deadline's coming up in a number of hours. As far as the video, I wish you had seen it, or maybe you have. I can't really get over that Joker mask. And him kind of mumbling through a mask 
about maybe getting traded, which is kind of my entire point about adult Halloween. It's just weird. It's not even weird. It's lame. It's lame. That that was a little weird. That was a little unsettling. That was even borderline creepy. But I'm going to save the word scary for the Bengals. Man, scary bad. Scary lost without Chase. Scary looking like a team that's not going to be in any way able to hang with the AFC's top dogs, the Bills and the Chiefs. They're not in that class. They're not in that class. Not without Chase. You know how I know they're not in that class? You know how I know they can't hang with the Bills and Chiefs? Because they couldn't hang with the Browns. The Browns beat them down. As far as you see, Town and the Browns, welcome to the party, pal. We've been waiting all year for that. And I know they lost a series of games by a few points. Oh, that's the Browns. I'm not talking about finding ways to win close games. I'm talking about showing up and punching somebody in the face. Dominating. Pounding the ball out on the ground. Ding up. And they did. That's what I've been waiting on. The Bengals, on the other hand, to me, were just unrecognizable. I, I had concerns about that game going in. The Big Head and I both laid the points. But I did not see that beatdown coming at all. At all. And that's the whole thing about the NFL. You never know. Two things about the NFL right now. One, week to week, you never know. And if somebody says they do know, they're lying. Well, except for maybe the head. The head is like six for eight on winning weekends. Week to week, you do not know. Clones, what do we want when we're craving protein or we need more energy? Not bars, not sugary snacks, not energy drinks. No, we want beef, pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your father's jerky, shriveled, dry, and tasteless. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender and it's tasty. It's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein, and it comes in four amazing flavors that satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Kyle Hamilton is my guest. Kyle, it's nice to have you back. How are you? I'm doing well, Jim. Appreciate you having me on. It's good to have you on. So you and I spoke before the draft, so why don't you bring me up to date? You've got plenty of work still ahead of you, but you're having a really strong rookie year. They're using you quite a bit, and they're using you in different roles. What has your first season in the NFL been like for you, Kyle? Uh, first off, I feel like it's flown by. Um, we're already approaching the bye week. Obviously, we got to get a win on Monday, but we're pretty much halfway through the regular season. And before the season, every, all the vets were telling me how quickly the whole your whole career goes by, and it didn't sound possible at the time because everything was moving so slow. But now it's been picking up. Feels that way to me too, and I'm just not even in the league. I mean, I'm just sitting here following the thing, talking about the thing. Kyle, we're already through week eight. It's incredible. It just seems like it goes faster and faster and faster. So that said, I'm kind of curious in terms of like the speed itself, NFL speed. That's one of the adjustments you have to make. How long does it take you to adjust to NFL speed, and then how dramatically is that speed compared to the college game? Uh, I would say it's really drastic. Um, going from high school to college is a jump, but Obviously, college to the pros is uh, a different jump for sure. It, um, but I think you get used to it after a while. You know, you don't feel like as much of a rookie as you did on day one of camp, and the guys are accepting of you, and you go out there and make plays, and it just all slows down for you. And I feel like I've been experiencing that. Kyle Hamilton is my guest. So, what's the bigger adjustment, the mental adjustment or the physical adjustment when you enter the league? I would say mental for sure. Um, it's all about confidence at this level is what I've kind of found out um, because you're going against the best of the best every week and there's no off weeks like in college you may be playing a lesser opponent um, in this league you're playing against dudes every Sunday so you got to bring it mentally and tell yourself that you belong here and you're out here to make plays and provide for the team. I think that's extremely well said. You're playing against dudes every single weekend. You know, you share a DB room with, among others, Marcus Peters. I'm curious, he's not the first-round pick like yourself. What have you learned from watching him prepare and play, and what's the best bit of advice he's given you? 
I would say Marcus, we call him MP, so I'm going to call him MP. But MP is one of the most, if not the most, cerebral players I've been around. Um, the way he sees the game, it just seems like he's a step ahead of everybody. And uh, he's kind of like a coach out there at the same time. He'll uh, communicate something in the middle of a play, and you'll just get it um, when a blink of an eye. And uh, the way he sees the game is kind of rubbed off on me. Uh, the way you watch film and how you approach a game, approach different opponents, it's, it's been a big help for me. Talking to Kyle Hamilton, you know, today, of course, is the trade deadline. The team has already taken a major swing in adding Bears star Roquan Smith. What was your reaction when you heard that, and what do you think he'll bring to it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, he's uh, one of the best linebackers in our league. And um, for our defense, I feel like was already one of the best in the NFL, if not the best. To add him, it's it's going to really push us over the edge. And I feel like having a guy that caliber join the squad, and I know what kind of guys we have on the team, and it will be a seamless transition for him. So hopefully he can get accumulated as quickly as possible and then come make a difference. But I feel like it's going to help us for sure. Hey, Kyle, I wonder, like, is if you had enough to concern yourself with, with being a rookie and trying to figure out that league, when strong safety Marcus Williams went down with a wrist injury, did you take it upon yourself maybe to be even better, to do even more? Uh, I would say at that point, my mindset did shift a little bit, um, but I know at the same time I'm not going to have to carry uh, the load. I know that our defense is built so strong from top to bottom, and uh, I'm just trying to do as much as I can to add to that. And along with myself, Geno Stone is another safety that's filled in a great role for us, and Chuck Clark obviously is our other starting safety. And Top to bottom, I feel like everybody's so prepared to go out there no matter who goes down or is unavailable. You know, it's interesting. You just mentioned the safeties, and I was going to ask you about that because, as I mentioned, you and I did speak before the draft, and we talked about how early you might go. So the fact that you went in the first top 15 picks was not surprising at all. But given who the Ravens already had at safety, did it surprise you that they were the ones who selected you? Uh, I wouldn't say it was surprising. I feel like the Ravens always have a plan, um, especially on our side of the ball. Uh, there's always a plan for everybody on the defense and how you're going to contribute. And I feel like my versatility, I guess, allowed them to pick me and understand that I can play other spots, not just safety. And uh, I'm doing a good bit of that right now, so it's kind of coming into fruition. I was going to say, you are doing a lot of that already. Hey, Kyle, correct me if I'm wrong. It's This is hard for me to believe, but as great a college career as you've had or had, as long as you've played, as well as you've played, that sack that you got against the Browns, was that really your first sack in your life? That was my first sack ever, if I recall correctly. <laughs> I um, didn't have one in Little League. I was always playing uh, either corner or safety, and obviously there weren't a lot of DB blitzes in Little League. And then high school, kind of the same thing. I was needed more in coverage and let the big guys up front work and college didn't blitz too much um but now at this level i'm blitzing a good bit so uh hopefully it's first to many i I don't know dude like i it just seems to me a guy with your skill set and your size and your versatility at some point sometime you would have gotten your first sack before you got to the nfl and then even funnier when you got it like i get that you're about the team i get that you're about the next play but when you got it did you know you got it and that it was official or did you only find that out after the fact yeah, I was uh, actually talking about this earlier in the week. Uh, so Geno Stone was also blitzing off the edge, and he kind of hit the quarterback as well. But um, I think I took him to the ground and got credit for the sack. But at the same time, Geno got up celebrating really hard. So in my mind, uh, I didn't realize that I had gotten the sack until after the game when um, somebody sent me a stats and congratulated me on my first sack ever. But uh, it was kind of funny when we got to the sideline. Everybody was congratulating Geno. And in my mind, I'm like, I think I helped out on that a little bit, but, you know, good good job, Gino. <laughs> you know what I think, dude? I, I could be wrong, but it seems to me like, Gino, that's smart. Like, just jump up like you did it, and maybe they'll give you credit for it, right? Yeah, the vets were uh, kind of on me about that. They said, if you want credit for the sack, you got to celebrate like you got it. Act like you got it. That's a vet move, if you ask me. So one right. more thought before I talk about you coming on today to talk about herbal nutrition. You are courtesy of those folks today. When you went up against Tampa Bay, you had a nice win over the Bucks. It seems really, you want to talk surreal. I know you've talked about this too. I mean, if we do the math, were you born after Tom Brady was drafted or was he drafted right before you were born? Uh, if I have the info correct, he was drafted in April of 2000 and I was born in March of 01. So 
Um, no, I was not born when he was in his rookie year, which was kind of crazy. Got to meet him after the game, got some pictures. And, um, you know, growing up playing the sport, you understand the legends, and he's the legend of the sport. And everybody who appreciates football appreciates him. And just to have the opportunity to go against guys like that on a weekly basis, it's it's a blessing to even be in this position. That's incredible, right? Like, I would imagine you are week to week, day to day, hour to hour. You know, you are where your feet are. But can you imagine playing that game that long? Uh, he's a very, very different person, different cat to be able to do that. And we all see why he's able to because his preparation allows him to. But at my position, it'd be tough to play 21 years. All right, at your position for sure. However, you do have some help. As I mentioned for three times now, you and I did speak right before the draft. I mentioned that one last time because you completed your pre-draft training at Proactive Fueled by Herbalife Nutrition, which is located here in Cali. In fact, you signed a nutrition partnership this year with those folks. What can you tell me about that relationship and the work you're doing with them? Yeah, I mean, Herbalife was such a big part of our pre-draft training out of Proactive um right outside LA so for the four or so months that I was training out there Herbalife provided us with meals with different nutritional shakes that we would drink on a daily basis probably three times a day we would have different protein shakes uh dedicated for each activity and then we would have um different hydration uh packets that we would drink on a daily basis too so I think that all helped me get in the best shape of my life which I feel like I was at at that point in time and it was a Big credit due to Herbalife for that. I like that. So if we want the product, where do we go to get it? I Well, I actually have a good amount of content on my own uh, social media pages. Um, just on which products I use and also HerbalifeNutrition.com. I'm sure there's a product for anybody out there looking to get into that space. I like it. He was taken number 14 overall in the draft at Notre Dame, a safety for the Ravens, appearing today courtesy of Herbal Nutrition. Kyle, great to have you back. Appreciate the visit. Good talking to you as always. Thanks so much. Likewise. Thank you. All right. So I have used antiperspirant sticks for years, but what is amazing about Dove Men Dry Spray is that it feels light and clean on your skin, and it's also quick and easy to use, and it's great for topping up when you're on the go. Now, let me ask you this. Do you feel like your antiperspirant keeps you dry all day? Dove Men Plus Care Dry Spray has an instantly drying antiperspirant formula that can help give you a cleaner feel and offers 48, I said 48, 48 hour sweat and odor protection. Dove Men Dry Spray feels light and clean on your skin and it is so quick and easy to use, especially when you're on the go. Also, Dove Men Dry Spray contains... Dove's unique one-quarter moisturizing cream that helps to protect your skin. It leaves your skin feeling comfortable, and it helps to protect it. Win, win, win. Try Dove Men Dry Spray. Goes on dry, clean feel, all day. What a bleep show. Be quiet, James Kelly. Man, that is brutal. And it... And you know what's even funnier? First of all, what a win for Steve Nash. He gets off that sinking ship, and they'll stroke him a check. You know my favorite part of this whole thing is? And you already know where I'm going with this. If you know anything about the show, I'll tell you who's having a day right about now. Not Kyrie for helping get the coach fired. Not KD. It's not even KD's fault per se, even though he did say him or me. KD's playing well. You know who's having a day right now? Ricky, Ricky in Tampa, Ricky who called this show and called his shot when Nash got that job. Ricky in Tampa, Rando Ricky, although Rando Ricky would take offense to that because apparently Ricky's won like 500 games in his career. Ricky called this show. I had no idea who Ricky was. Ricky in Tampa called this show in 2020, and said, what are they doing? Why, how do you hire that guy without any experience? That's not going to work. Why are people bypassing me, Ricky in Tampa? This dude called his shot. Like, if I'm Nets ownership, how do I not fuel up the jet and point it directly at Ricky? He knew He knew what they didn't know. 
Ricky did this on this show in 2020. So I just wanted to talk to you pertaining to all the head coaching possibilities that are now in the NBA. And I just think it's kind of ridiculous to see how the same guys are being considered for jobs. I've been coaching professional basketball for 20 years. What do you think when you see Steve Nash get that job without having any experience coaching? Sir, in all honesty, it was ridiculous. At the end of the day, it's totally ridiculous. Steve Nash was a great player, but at the end of the day, how many championships has he got? Zero. I have over 600 wins, 700 professional games coached, 16 championships. I've coached in nine different countries. I can't even get an interview with these guys. I can send you my resume right now, letters of recommendation, even references. And you call all these people, they're all going to tell you I should have been in the league a long, long time ago. I've never been able to get an interview at any level. I mean, it's totally ridiculous, Rome. I like the way he, he starts off soaring me, and by the end he's like roaming me. And if we let that thing go another minute or two, he'd be going with GD Blast, probably. But you know what? Let me tell you about this guy. I like the energy. Now, some of you did a little Google search on Ricky and came up with some ideas as to why he can't get a phone call or an interview. I want to be honest and say that I didn't put in that time and I didn't conduct any investigation of my own. I just kind of went with the call on its surface level and I got kind of a kick out of it. But look at the guy now. In a sense, all of us that clowned and mocked him for that call, we all sort of deserve him an apology, or he deserves an apology from us, don't we? We owe him an apology. We're going on and on about Ricky, Ricky this, Ricky that. It's ridiculous, it's ridiculous, it's ridiculous. What, what did he say that wasn't true? <laughs> what did that guy say that was not true? And not only that, listen to the tone. Alvin, I want you to give me just a little bit more of that. Listen to this guy's tone. He's not putting up with any bull crap. You think this guy is putting up with Kyrie's bull crap? Listen to him. Sir, in all honesty, it was ridiculous. At the end of the day, it's totally ridiculous. Steve Nash was a great player, but at the end of the day, how many championships has he got? Zero. I have over 600 wins, 700 professional games coached, 16 championships. I've coached in nine different countries. I can't even get an interview with these guys. I can send you my resume right now, letters of recommendation, even references. And you call all these people, they're all going to tell you I should have been in the league a long, long time ago. I've never been able to get an interview at any level. Wait, wait, did he say 16 championships? Zero. I have over 600 wins, 700 professional games coached, 16 championships. 16? Nine 16 championships. In nine different countries. Anyway, the second, the second Kyrie pulls any of that bull crap with Ricky, I don't even know Ricky's last name, just Coach Ricky. The second Kyrie pulls any of that bull crap with Ricky, I can't wait for Ricky to get up in Kyrie's grill and just start dropping that data on him. Yo, Kyrie, let me tell you about me. You know how many games I've won? 600 Over wins. 600. You know how many championships I've won? 16. You know how many countries I've won those championships Nine in? Countries. Nine different countries. Kyrie, you shut the hell up. Let me tell you something else, Kyrie. You are the biggest distraction in the history of sports. Your takes are deplorable. The stuff that comes out of your mouth, man. You're toxic, dude. You're making everything worse. From now on, it's my way or the highway. I'm Ricky. Hey, Ricky, we owe you an apology, my man. You called it, dude. You did. Ricky in Tampa. You imagine Kyrie rolling up on Ricky saying, let me tell you something, Rick. We don't need a coach. No way Ricky's putting up with that. No way. We don't do any of that around here now. There's a new sheriff in town, Kyrie. Sheriff Rick. We don't put up with part-time BS. That don't play around here under Coach Rick, Kyrie. Nor do any of those deplorable statements you've been making of late. We ain't having that either. Now get this guy to Brooklyn tonight. Tonight, go get this guy. Did did he say 600 wins in over 700 games coached? 600 wins, 700 professional games coached. Dude, my man's got to have the greatest winning percentage of all time. Incredible. 
All right, so we got a problem here. A Woj follow-up to the Woj bomb. Jock Vaughn is the acting head coach tonight. But expect the Nets to inquire with suspended Celtics coach Ime Udoka, Quinn Snyder, among others. Boston will let Udoka leave for another job. All right. I like Jacques Vaughn. I do. I like Quinn Snyder a lot. I think Quinn Snyder is a hell of a coach. I'd really like to know what Ime Udoka did. I, I know he's going to get into a shot. There's no doubt. And it's just like there's no doubt in my mind that he's coached his last game for the Celtics and they'll let him go and somebody will hire him. He did a hell of a job with them last year. But he also did something else. Other things that I would really like to know. I would really like to know what happened before I hire him. And these are big names. Guys that played in the league, guys that have had success in the league, guys that have coached in the league. But don't tell me Ricky in Tampa's not included on that short list. He better be. 600 wins. My man can see the future. He knew. He knew what was going to happen. And we all laugh. We're like, come on, man. Steve Nash? Steve Nash, two-time MVP? Steve Nash, all-class? Steve Nash, one of the most cerebral guys ever? Steve Nash, a contemporary, so to speak? He could pull this off. He'll be fine. The hell he will. No sooner than he got there, they started to say things like, we don't need a coach. Him or me. I'm just here to tell you, Ricky ain't putting up with that. Here's another tweet from Woj. Decision was mutual with Nets and Nash per sources. I, I don't know. I mean, a firing is a firing. How is a firing mutual? A parting of the ways is mutual, right? We agree to part ways. I mean, it's mutual in the sense that I, I bet he didn't fight to stay there. What the hell would he want to stay there for? Wait, you're firing me, right? Yes, Steve, we are. That means you're still paying me, right? Yes, we do have to pay you. See you later. Show me the door. You know that he went Steve Orgeron. Just let me know when and where the hell the door is, brother. I said, what time do you want me to leave? What door do you want me out of, brother? <laughs> brother. Pass the line. It's such a great line. Hey, you're fired. Hey, you let me know what time you want me to leave and where the hell the door is, brother, is one of my favorite lines ever. You know, said by a guy who made like 14 mil on the way out the door. You bet your ass it was mutual. Mason Knorr writes, what time he already beat me to it. What time you want me gone and what door do you want me out of, brother? I said, what time do you want me to leave and what door do you want me out of, brother? Steve Nash wouldn't say it, but he had to be thinking it. How relieved do you think Nash is right now? Nash can go back to his perfect life, go play some soccer, coach some soccer, look like a million bucks, be above it all. You know that kid was taking years off his life. He didn't need that. He didn't want that. And believe me, they didn't want him. I just love the way ownership was saying, no, 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 no. That's not how we're doing things around here. No, he's our coach. And seven games in, he's gone. He's our coach for seven games. Ricky, I'm shocked I've not heard from Ricky yet. Anyway, Ricky, we are sorry, my man. You were right. You're right, Rick. It was ridiculous. You called it, dude. Totally. Totally. At fatboy underscore Nate. I didn't call him that. That is his handle. At fatboy underscore Nate tweets. Cue the, if you're getting ready for work this morning, then you're probably not Steve Nash. Tweets from the clones. You're getting ready for work right well now. Well said, fat boy. Not Doug My man, just by saying that, you lost 10 pounds. They can't stop sending him. You called it. Like Ricky called his shot in 2020. You nailed it, fat boy Nate. Hey, at fat boy underscore Nate, if I were you, I would change your handle to at shredded underscore Nate. You nailed it. I can't delete those tweets quickly enough. They're all coming. 
That that is an all-time heckle too. I'm sorry. I know it's not responsible. I don't want to say that I'm condoning it, but you can't tell me, hey, fat boy, we got some Krispy Kreme donuts is not an all-time heckle. Part of it is just the way the guy sounds and the way the guy sells it and the way the guy's all about it. Like, like he can't hear you. Dude, he's ignoring you. Fat boy! Fat boy! Fat boy! Dude, fat boy can hear you. He's ignoring you. He's doing the professional thing. He's ignoring you. He's not going to get hooked. This dude will not be denied, though. Hey, fat boy, I got some donuts for you. How did we never get that guy on this show? I've got like 14 podcasts. I've got 280 broadcast hours a week. How did that guy not get a segment at one point? Krispy Kreme Donuts, fat boy. Krispy Kreme, fat boy. Hey, fat boy, I got it, some donuts. I like that other dude riding shotgun. The other, the second dude going, Krispy Kreme's fat boy. Krispy Kreme, fat boy. Dude, he knows who the king is. He knows who's fat driving. Boy. All right, anyway, didn't expect that. Steve, I mean, I expected that. Just not in that segment. Steve Nash, gone. And as I mentioned, Woj already listed some of the potential replacements Ime Yudoka wouldn't that be interesting that wouldn't take very long now the thing about him and again again I want to know what happened I would like to know what happened because it's not good the argument you'd make in terms of him coaching is that he has dealt with some strong personalities that he is not a guy that will not push back on the players. The players respected him until something happened. I, I don't know. that. I, I find it very unsettling and disturbing that this guy already is in line for another gig without knowing what happened. So what is the fastest ball sport in the world? Not baseball, not tennis. In fact, it is the sport of high lie, spelled J-A-I-A-L-A-I originating in the Basque region of Spain and played professionally in the U.S., most notably in the 1980s. Highlight is making an unprecedented comeback. The ball reaches speeds of 150 miles per hour. The action is intense. The danger factor is high. Six-person teams of professional athletes play the sport at the Magic City Fronten in Miami, Florida. I invite you to check out all the action Monday and Tuesday at 5 p.m. and Friday night at 7 p.m. Go to HighLightWorld.com or download the free Highlight app in the App Store. The sport with its intensity and athleticism is well worth watching. Check out all the action at HighlightWorld.com. Matches are played similar to tennis with a player or team required to win two sets to win a match. Each set is played up to six points. It is a sport you need to check out. HighlightWorld.com. Monday and Tuesday at 5 p.m., Friday at 7 p.m. But in pretty much the least surprising news of the college football season so far, Auburn has cut ties with Brian Harson, which means the most coveted and juiciest job search that everybody knew was already coming is now officially on. It has come to fruition. So let's say this is obviously brutal for Harson. I mean, he'll get his paycheck on the way out the door, but not the best situation. And as I always say, situations matter. This dude got 21 games. You know, never mind three years. He got 21 games. In his first offseason, his boosters tried to run him out of town. The AD that hired him got axed in August. You could argue that it was never really a good fit anywhere or anyway. But the fact of the matter is, it was an uphill battle from the very beginning. And it's just a tough gig. It's a really good gig still, but it's a really challenging gig, obviously. You're in the toughest division in the toughest conference in college football, and your biggest rival is the Nictator. That's a good gig, but that's a tough, tough gig. Now, don't get me wrong. It is a good gig. But just because it's a good gig does not make it an easy gig. There may be a few jobs that are better, but there are also a few jobs that are tougher. And there are a few jobs, very few jobs, that will pay like this job can potentially pay. As longtime Auburn insider 
Brandon Marcello tweeted yesterday, quote, Auburn has been preparing for this coaching search and no expense will be spared. The NIL money, more than $11 million and climbing, a huge coaching salary, and the $35 million plus in buyouts the last few years doesn't matter. They have the money. They'll spend it. End of quote. That is stacks and stacks and stacks. $35 million plus in buyouts the last few years. They don't care. NIL money, they have it. Salaries, they have it. They don't care. They never, ever tell me that college football, college athletics, well, college football, college basketball is not enormous business and money. So Auburn's not messing around. In the interim, it's going to be Cadillac Williams who gets that gig for the rest of the season. But what sparing no expense means is sparing no expense. All right. And if Auburn is saying that, they're going to get a big time head coach. And meeting the top of the head coaching market right now when it comes to cash. So they're going to have their call or their pick of whoever's available and whoever they can get. I mean, we're talking thin skin Jimbo money. We're talking Brian family, family. Kelly money. We're talking about a contract probably somewhere in the, the ballpark of 10 years. 100 mil, enormous money. Huge money is going to attract huge, huge, huge names. And looky here, who's on the short list? And it really is amazing when you consider it. The first name that comes up, according to speculation, is none other than Lane Kiffin. And holy crap, you want to talk about a reinvention. You want to talk about a rebranding. You want to talk about a rebuild. This dude's coaching journey is incredible. You want to talk about a dude coming full circle. I mean, wasn't it six years ago that people were killing this guy? He's a phony. He's a con man. He's a swindler. He never deserved any of the gigs he got. No program would trust this guy with a big-time gig ever again. Not a good call. Because all Lane has done since that pit stop in Tuscaloosa has been win. The guy's a winning machine. And he had one of his finest moments ever this past weekend when he paid a revenge visit to Thin Skin in College Station. And he sent Jimbo to three and five and a pathetic one and four marking conference. By the way, the same conference record that just got Brian Harson bleep canned. Except Lane. Lane didn't just roll into Aggie Land and serve old thin skin up a big fat L. He did do that. But he also spiked the ball right in his face after the game. Because remember, Lane got caught up in the crossfire. Lane got caught up in the shrapnel of that epic thin skin v. red ass feud this offseason. Remember? Remember when thin skin indirectly called Lane a clown? You may have forgotten that, but Lane didn't. Check out this postgame performance. Halloween right around the corner. What are we dressing up as? Uh, I don't know. Maybe Joker. Maybe Jimbo has a Joker outfit for me. Thanks, coach. <laughs> yep. You see, that's how you do it. Didn't I say the media likes to ask coaches, Halloween's coming up. What's your favorite candy? What are you going to dress up as? Lane knew. Lane knew exactly what he knew what was coming and he knew what to do with it. I hope Lane did go out and trick or treat in Oxford last night. This is the one case where I could get behind an adult costume and some adult trick or treating. That's something I can get with. As long as Lane was out rocking a Joker outfit or a clown outfit with a property of Jimbo Fisher sign on it, then I'm all for it. Like that whole thin skin v. red ass feud might have faded, but I am so here for thin skin v. Lane train. 
And the lane train is never going to let it end. And the lane train has never had more momentum right now than it does, which is why, according to reports, he tops that Auburn wish list. And remember, the thing about trains, they can't stop. They can't stop. Sponsored by NHTSA. The lane train cannot stop. We know this. This is why we love the guy. Now, I'm not entirely sold that he will jump to Auburn while he's got things rolling at Ole Miss, especially because that Auburn job comes down to beating the Nick Tater. However, if Auburn's coming around, coming around with 10 years and 100 mil, how are you going to say no to that? Each year on Halloween or around the holiday season, every coach or player is going to be asked by the media what their favorite Fill in the blank is. You know, it's one of those things where coaches never want to talk. So if you get something or you get around a time of season where there's a nice softball, you think maybe you can soften them up a little bit. Lighten the load. You know, as an example, somebody will ask the mumbler about Thanksgiving dinner. You know, hilarious stuff. Dude all of a sudden stops mumbling on a dime. I'm talking about the hood, Bill Belichick. On a dime, he will stop mumbling, transition from, we're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. And then just turn into Winston Churchill and give you like a five-minute dissertation about how much he likes or how he likes his potatoes. Mashed, scalloped, baked, however. An easy question for media members to pose, an easy question for that coach or player to answer. And a lot of times they just use it because it turns into a sound bite or a video clip and it loosens the subject up. And frankly, they do it because it works. Yesterday was no different with my dude, Andy Reid. As we all know, my man, the big fella, loves him some food. And you could probably guess he's a big candy guy too. So, KSHB's Aaron Ladd asked the question, and the big fellow played along, as only the legend can, saying, quote, this is my man Andy Reid, quote, seems like every time I walk past Mr. Goodbar, he calls me and says, Andy, come eat me, end of quote. That's good stuff. Classic Andy Reid stuff. Not only going along with the questions, but having fun with it, too. Keeping everybody loose. I love it. So, not only do coaches and players bring these topics up, broadcasters do too. Like, everybody's involved. No joke. Like, I don't do it because it's lame to me. I don't need to. And yes, I do have a monster on staff who is my EP, and he loves Halloween. Tommy Munster does. But I would not submit to his wish in wanting me to share my favorite Halloween candy or stories. He's like, come on, Jim. Lighten up, man. It's fun. It's fun. You can, you can even use me as a prop. I'm the monster kid. I'm like, Tom, we got other things to do. You know I'm not about that life. He's like, dude, maybe you should be about that life. You brought me in here not to tell you what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. And you need to be about the candy and the jokes and the holidays. I'm like, yeah, I don't know, Columbia man. Look, monster kid, we're not doing it. Anyway, he tried, and I respected it. I respected it. I did say to Tommy when he got that gig, dude, do not tell me what you think I want to hear. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you believe. Tell me what you think I need to hear. He's like, I'm doing all those things, boss man. I'm telling you what I think, and I'm telling you what you need to hear. Let's do a bit on your favorite Halloween candy. You're fired. Anyway, he tried. By the way... He's, at least he knew to stop. You clones never know when to stop. Ever. Ever. And I'm still getting bleep over my love of candy corn. And love is a strong word. Like, I like it. It's not ass to me. As always, I'm not here to fight that fight. I'm not here to die on that hill. The corn is not a reason to go. For me, anyway. But definitely for a number of you losers, it is. It's just candy, yo. If you could use that same intensity, that same aggression, that same fire for something that actually matters, think how much better your life would be. 
if you cared as much about things that matter as you care about how much you hate candy corn, your life would be so much better. Just know this. Candy corn is not ass. Your take is ass. And you can take that to the blood bank, Senator Ass. I'm going to take you to the bank, Senator Trent. To the blood bank. Anyway, I, I probably should not have buried the lead. Because I haven't even gotten to the whole point of the take. Something tells me either Carolina Hurricanes broadcaster Trip Tracy had a chalk on staff, or he was just all about sharing his favorite candy like my dude, the legend Andy Reid. Because old Trip was excited for the world to know that he just got a bag full of, well, I've actually never heard of this candy. And I don't hate candy. And I thought that I knew most candies, but Trip was on air talking about a bag of this candy. Just absolutely hit the lottery with a bunch of Reese's penis, peanut butter cups, trick or treating. That's what's on the table tonight. Um, uh-oh. Yo, Trip. Uh-oh. Tell me again. What did you just get a box full of trick or treating? Reese's penis, peanut butter cups. Dude, did you say Reese's penis butter cups? Reese's penis peanut butter cups. That's a new one. I haven't heard of that. See, now the Reese's brand, I'm a big fan of. Big fan of. And it seems like those folks are coming out with something new all the time, which I'm good with. Love the brand. Love the product. Now, I don't know if that was a special edition product for Halloween, or what that was. I don't know. One more time? Reese's Penis Peanut Butter Cups. I mean, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup is the iconic go-to. Ionic. I see how Reese's Pieces are somewhat polarizing for some of you, but I like them. Not as much as the original Peanut Butter Cup, but I like them. It's a nice change-up. I like that. Reese's take five. But when did this new delectable new product drop? Reese's penis, peanut butter cups. I don't know. I thought they were done with that sort of thing after the Cracker Jacks snafu at Wrigley Stadium back in the day. Even then, there was a whole controversy about whether or not he actually said penis and Cracker Jack. And then Alvin had to break that thing down like a Zapruder audio. I think there's a T in there. I think there's a T in there. My man Trip? I don't think. Let me hear that back one more time just to be sure. Reese's penis, peanut butter cups. I feel you, bro. We all misspeak. Good luck, though, getting rid of that. He, I love the way he stayed in the fight, though, man. He quickly recovered. Reese's penis, peanut butter cups. There you go. Anyway, clones, I did it. I mentioned it. I acknowledged it. I saw it. Another reason I don't go anywhere near Halloween. You might misspeak on air. Yeah, I know. I know. Hey, Rome. Plain M&M's or penis M&M's. I know. Penis, peanut butter cups. You've had your fun. We're not doing this. I did it to acknowledge it. We're not, we're not, we are not going to get into creamy <laughs> peanut butter or extra crunchy. Reese's penis, penis butter. butter. We're not doing that either. There, there's a million different ways you can go with this, and you're not going any which way with this because we're done. That's a former player, term broadcaster, who misspoke. We've all done it. I've done it. If you're behind a microphone or in front of a camera long enough, it's going to happen to everybody. Everybody. It's like that whole NFL injury rate thing. 100% injury rate. 
there's a 100% misspeak rate if you are a broadcaster of any sort. It's not a question of if, it's a matter of when and what, right? It's not a question of if, it's a matter of when and what it is you're going to say, and that's what he said. And knew it right away. My man was probably looking for a dump button, but couldn't find it. Alvin's trying to get me to own something I said. <laughs> Alvin's trying to get me. Like I said, it could happen to all of us, even me. Like I talked about Dave Roberts once, and remember what I said? At some point, people are going to have to admit that the guy who averages 100 wins per season, has three pennants, and a World Series ring, maybe knows a little bit about what he's doing. <laughs> See? Has three pennances. Maybe knows what he's doing. 100 wins See? per season. I owned it. Three it pennants. Yeah, I don't need you to slow it down, ring. Alvin. I already maybe owned it, right? knows a little bit about what he's doing. So there you go. How do you fire a guy with three penises? I fire him. <laughs> Should be in the Hall of Fame. With that. Good night now!